Welcome back to the Minnesota Sports Roundup podcast. For more content, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at MN Sports Roundup and check out our articles at mnsportsroundup.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the Minnesota Sports Roundup podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're coming off a spectacular season, one of the best they've had since Kevin Garnett left the franchise. There's a lot to look forward to going forward. First, we're going to start off with the draft. So the draft's coming up in about four days here on Thursday, and the Wolves currently hold four picks. Pick 19, pick 40, pick 48, and pick 50. Now, it's been put out by Darren Wolfson and a few other sources that it doesn't seem likely that the Wolves use all four picks. What's most likely what will happen is they're probably going to package two of the three second-round picks um, to move up in the second round. So, say, pick 40 and pick 48 for, say, like pick 34. Um, so I think they're going to kind of try to move up in the second round to try to get a little bit higher-end prospect without um, sacrificing too much draft capital. But looking at pick 19, there's kind of a few guys we've been looking at. I think the dream picks for us is Mark Williams is number one. I understand a lot of people's skepticism with picking a center, especially one who's as large, you know, seven feet tall and as big of a wingspan as Williams is when you have Carl Anthony Towns, who's you know almost certainly going to get inked an extension this summer. But Williams provides a lot that the Wolves are missing. He provides a physicality. He's a great rebounder, a great shot blocker. I mean, he's quick. He plays excellent defense. And he can play the defensive role that Cat's kind of been trying to work towards in his career but he kind of gives him a back end, you know, I, a guy who can, you know, make up for the faults that Cat has on defense. And there's a few. I mean, we all know that he struggles with, against guys like Rudy Gobert. He struggles with different players who are a little larger in stature, guys like Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. We saw in the playoffs. And even on offense, Cat can struggle when he's guarded by, a lot of times it's actually smaller players. But with a guy like Mark Williams, taking that center off of him, taking away Rudy Gobert, taking away Steven Adams, guys like that, can kind of help Cat go up against those fours and kind of help him develop the next step of his game, which is going to be going at those smaller guys. And we, we saw Cat become more physical this year and start to use his size to his advantage. And he can keep doing that, especially if they have a guy like Mark Williams. And even if they don't believe Williams can start, He's obviously a much better backup option than Nas Reed. He provides a big, more physicality. I mean, Reed is already an undersized center, and on a team that's lacking size is the main issue. Williams would be able to give them a ton of size and physicality and grit that's really needed on this team. But it seems unlikely that Williams is going to be available at pick 19. The other guy we really would love to see on there is Jeremy Shoshan. Um, not a great shooter, only shot about 30% from three at Baylor this season, but he's one of the best defenders in the draft, can guard one through five seamlessly. Is a great cutter, great dunker, athletic, quick, can provide a lot of inside and mid-range scoring. I mean, he's just a really great prospect, but he's risen up the draft boards recently and it doesn't seem like the Wolves will be able to get him at 19 either. So who are we looking for at 19 that kind of fits the range but also fits the Wolves' needs? For us, that's Tari Eason. Now going into the draft process, I didn't know much about Eason. He was kind of a, a name I hadn't heard much about. But looking over his tape and reading his scouting reports, we started to realize what his fit would be for the Wolves. And it's kind of what Jaden McDaniels brought last year. 3 and D with upside. He's a great three-point shooter. I think he shot about 41% from three this year. At 6'8", he's lanky, he's quick, he has you know great hops, he can cut, he's amazing in transition. He has the like, athletic ability that allows him to play as a four, but he can even play as a three, sometimes you know even a large shooting guard with his ability to shoot the three. 
And he's been a pretty consistent shooter, too. I mean, from all over the court, top of the key, corner, wing. That's one thing that I think McDaniels is still struggling with, is he really is only a corner shooter at this point. He struggles from the top of the key and from the wings. But I don't really want him to replace McDaniels. I think McDaniels is on a great track. And I think that Eason will be able to come in as a backup four, um, or even what I could see him playing as kind of a big three, where he was able to you know be that small forward who can shoot the ball, but also gives the Wolves physicality. I mean, he averaged about six rebounds a game, so he can rebound decently well for a guy who's six to eight. But he's so quick and he's so versatile. And, you know, he kind of reminds me a lot of Jared Vanderbilt, right, with the high motor, the hops, the quickness, the agility, the defense. You know, he's great in transition, but he you know, provides a lot more offense than Jared Vanderbilt does to the Wolves right now. I mean, Vanderbilt's great inside, he's great in the dunker spot, but he still struggles with mid-range shots, with contested layups. You know, his three ball is really non-existent. So I think Eason gives them a bigger upside on offense than what we've seen from Vanderbilt, and I think he kind of fits more in that McDaniels range of skill. The other guys we're looking at include Ty Ty Washington and Walker Kessler, but we're not as high on these two guys. And we'll start with Washington. I think, as we all know, the Wolves kind of have a logjam at point guard. You know, by Thursday, D'Angelo Russell's probably still going to be on this team. And now you have Jalen Noel, who's kind of fighting for more minutes. You have Jordan McLaughlin, who's fighting for more minutes. You got Balmaro, former first-round pick, who kind of needs to start getting minutes somewhere. I mean, that's four guys right there. And then you got Patrick Bev, who's back for one year. Pat, you know, We all love Pat Bev, and his game might start to regress here as he gets older, but he's still a solid role player. And I just don't think taking Ty Ty Washington right now is going to help the Wolves at where they're at. They're starting to you know, enter what feels like a period of winning, right? you got Ant who's coming up. you got Cat who's entering his prime. D'Lo who should be entering his prime. McDaniels who's coming up. And you kind of want a guy that you can kind of plug in who's got some upside, but you can plug in and can help you win now. And I just don't see Ty Ty Washington as being that guy. He has plenty of skill, and he could go much higher than 19, and he's you know be great fit at 19. But I just don't think he fits in with where the Wolves are and with this Wolves offense. You know, say D'Lo was to be traded and they were to get rid of J-Mac, you know, something. they had some opening space at point guard. I think Washington would be a great pick so he could develop here. He could, you know, be that point guard of the future for this team. But with where they're at and with D'Lo most likely being here this next season, I just don't see Washington being the right pick this year. I think they're much more likely to go get a point guard either in free agency after the 2022-2023 season or in the 2023 draft. And Walker Kessler is kind of the last guy who's been floated around, and I've seen his names from different people. I believe ESPN put his name out there as a possible pick for the Wolves. And I understand, right? We talked a lot, a lot about how the Wolves need physicality, they need grit, they need rebounding, they need defense, interior, especially interior defense, and Kessler's exactly that, right? Great rebounder, best shock blocker in NCAA. I think he averaged over four and a half blocks a game, which is crazy. I mean, he's a big physical body, bigger than Steven Adams, bigger than you know most of the big centers in the league. But that's kind of where his game is at. It's very one-dimensional. He's a big player who dominates in the paint. He doesn't shoot well. He doesn't move well. He has trouble um, defending, you know, one through three and even four sometimes. And even though he isn't a great interior defender, I just I don't see the Wolves taking him at 19. I think if they were to trade down somewhere into the mid 20s, I could see him going to the Wolves there. But I think his value is just not high enough to be to justify taking him at 19. Now, if he were to fall to say. The second round, I would love to see the Wolves trade up to picks 30, 31, 32 and take him there using those second round picks. But I just don't think his value is quite right at 19. I just don't think he has enough of the upside that the Wolves are probably going to be looking for with a pick there. It's going to be a great time for the draft, but there's a lot of other stuff going on right after the draft, including free agency starting up in a little over, you know, right around two weeks here. And I think this free agency is going to be a lot less spectacular than free agencies of the past and probably, you know, next year's free agency when the D-Low money most likely comes off the books and you got a lot of new free agents. But there's three main things I think they need to do, and I think it starts with re-signing Prince and Noel for sure. Torian Prince had a pretty good season. Obviously, he's not, you know, a star player, 
but he provides a good role player, provides a consistency, especially from three, gave them a spark in certain games, especially in the play-in and the playoffs. And he's really a guy that I think they're going to look to as kind of a veteran leader this year with Pat Bev as this team starts to get farther and farther, hopefully into the playoffs. And Jalen Noel has shown so many flashes of brilliance, and he, he just the one thing he lacks is consistency. And we saw it this um, winter in December when Cat, D'Lo, and when they were all out and they were kind of scrapping at everything they could to get offense. Remember watching the Celtics game and Noel just was hitting three after three. He's driving to the basket. He can handle the ball well. He does well with the opportunities he's given. It's just a question of where is he going to be able to get those opportunities when there's guys ahead of him like Malik Beasley at the shooting guard position, like Ann at the shooting guard position, or even like J-Mac at point guard. And I think Noel probably projects more as an NBA shooting guard, but he can play point guard if needed. So that's why I think it's important to re-sign him. I don't know what's going to happen after this next contract. Maybe you're looking for a one-year deal or a two-year deal, kind of a prove-it contract, where you can try to get him more minutes next year and see what he can really do. Because I don't know yet if Noel is proven enough to have a long-term deal to get significant you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in rotation. But I do think he deserves a chance at that. He deserves a chance to prove himself in a long-term system. And I think... I hope that's with the Wolves because I think he provides a great spark on offense and he's still lacking in some areas on defense and his playmaking can still improve, but he is a spark of offense that this team could really need. And, you know, the one thing we've seen with playoff teams is it takes unlikely heroes. And I think Jalen Noel this next season could be one of those guys who, you know, say D'Lo's having rough playoffs again or, you know, Ant struggling or Cat struggling. He can provide that spark. He can hit some threes. He can, you know, draw some fouls, get to the line, you know, make some plays and help keep the Wolves in games. And then, like we said before with the draft, the big thing the Wolves are going to try to do is go after a big, right? They need help with interior defense. And I love Cat, and he's a great player, and his defense has improved a lot, but it just it isn't quite the par of what they're going to need when they're going up against these top teams, right? And we saw it this year how Valanciunas just dominated the boards. I mean, you're watching him get 30 and 15 every time he plays the Wolves. And I mean, if you're going to go up against teams like the Pelicans next year in the playoffs, if you're going to go up against Jaron Jackson Jr. again in the playoffs, if you're going to go up against Robert Williams, you know, let's say somehow you actually make it to the finals against the Celtics, and you're playing, you know, Robert Williams, you're playing Giannis, I mean, those kind of guys are just going to dominate in the paint. So you're going to have to find someone who can help out Cat down low. And I think if it's not in the draft, they're going to have to do it through free agency. And, you know, Greg Monroe did a great job coming in, but I think you need someone who's a little more consistent. Um, you, you saw it with. But you know the Grizzlies did, and Stephen Adams didn't play much in the playoff series. But they brought Stephen Adams in to play alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. and kind of help out and be that bigger physical presence who can get rebounds, who can get block shots, who can play interior defense better, and just stand up to those bigger guys. So I'm not really sure who they're going to go after yet. I think it's really important that they kind of find someone who's either going to be a true true center to take Reed's place, and I think that's you know kind of going to our next conversation, which is what are you going to do with Reed, but. If they can find someone to either take Nas Reed's place or find a, a you know a larger four who can kind of step in as a backup four and we just see McDaniels kind of move into a three and four combo and same with Vanderbilt, that's kind of my best bet of what's going to happen. But the, let's, let's take a second to talk about what's going to happen with Nas Reed. Nas Reed's a great player. I think we've all seen you know how well he's improved. But I just I think where he's at with his game, he's too inconsistent. He has lapses on defense. He's just not big enough to be an NBA center. And he's done a great job with the size he has and, you know, cutting down on weight and getting quicker. But he just, they, the Wolves need someone in that backup center spot who can be physical next to Cat, you know, because Cat isn't known to be the most physical center. And he's done better in the last couple of years, especially this past year. But they need a guy like, you know, say Mark Williams in the draft, like a Steven Adams 
who can just be that brute force down low, who can, you know, take the charges, who can block the shots, who can be that big physical rebounding presence when you need a board, someone can who can be in there and get that board. And the Wolves don't have that player right now. So I think I think it'd be good to sign Nas Reed. I think looking for you know an extension of some sort, maybe it's one or two years. But if they can find someone in free agency who can kind of replace him, I would be okay letting him go because I think with where the Wolves are at, doesn't mean Nas isn't going to have a great career. He could still have a great career in the NBA, but they need someone who's just got that more physical presence. So let's tackle the big, you know, the elephant in the room here, the big topic. What are they going to do with D'Lo? You know, I think personally, I think D'Lo is going to be back. I don't think the Wolves will trade him. I think that $30 million cap hit this season sounds like a lot, but Looking to the 2023 free agency where you have guys like Fred Van Vliet, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic most likely already signed, but Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, you have a lot of cap money. I think the Wolves would be looking more to just ride that contract out and go into the you know 2023 offseason, which will be the last year of Ant and McDaniel's rookie contract. To go into that offseason with you know what could end up being 35 to 40 mil in cap space, so I mean, that's looking at a max spot right there to kind of you know add that third star between Cat and Anthony. They kind of hope D'Lo will be, but he hasn't really turned into, and to really make a push for, for a title. But if we're going to talk about trading him, I think there's you know the best thing you're probably going to do is to sign and trade. So you're kind of looking right at the free start of free agency here, right after the draft. You're probably going to sign and trade, and I think. You know, everyone's talked about Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine would be great on this team, but I think they're going to be looking for a more well-rounded player, a more consistent player. Zach's a great scorer, but he still lacks in the playmaking department, and he lacks in the defensive department. And if you're going to have, you know, him play point guard, you really need that playmaking, especially to be there. So I think a guy like Fred Van Viet would be great. I mean, I know he's on an aspiring contract, so you kind of would be hoping to sign and trade him. And if you did that, you'd probably be looking to you know, sign him to an extension right after to hope that he would stay through. And that would kind of be D'Lo's replacement you know, for the long term. So let's talk a little about the front office. For as long as I can remember, the front office has kind of been a mess, right? And we had David Kahn, you know, and Flip did a great job, but unfortunately Flip passed away. Tibbs came in and you know was trying to do everything all at once, and that didn't work out. And then Rosas and that whole situation. So it just felt like a lot of instability in the front office. But now you have Mark Laurie, you have Alex Rodriguez. You know, Laurie is one of the best businessmen in the planet. I mean, he built up all of Walmart's e-commerce. He built up, you know, parts of Amazon's e-commerce. He's a billionaire. He knows what he's doing business-wise. You have Alex Rodriguez, who's won, you know, professional championships in baseball, who knows what he's doing when it comes to sports. And I think those two together have a really great combination because they know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to win in business. They know, they know what it takes to win in sports. They know how to be sharks. And it's kind of the thing that I think is lacking right now from Glenn Taylor. I mean, we all love Glenn. Glenn's great. You know, he sits, you know, with his vest and his sweater, you know, courtside the games, and he's saved this team from leaving multiple times. And, we, you know, the city and the state should be thankful to Glenn for that. But Glenn struggled a lot over the past couple of years with making the right decisions. I mean, he hired David Kahn because of a recommendation from the commissioner. He had to find a, get a search firm to figure out that Tibbs was available. And, you know, he's been reluctant to sell the team many, many times. He's estranged from Kevin Garnett, you know, the franchise's best and really only, you know, Hall of Fame player right now. And I think the most recent example is what we saw with the Kroenke situation and Tim Connolly. So I don't know how many of you know this, but... Basically, with Tim Connolly's contract, he didn't have to be, you know, to talk to him, they didn't have to contact the Nuggets, which is kind of odd, but they didn't have to do it. So I, th- the story is, is that 
Lori and A-Rod kind of reached out to Connolly and started to you know, get the conversation rolling. But Glenn stepped in and decided that they had to tell the Cronkies, the owners of the Nuggets, that this was going on, you know, to kind of be courteous. Now, if anyone knows the Cronkies, they're anything but courteous. <laughs> they've moved teams around. They've, you know, fired people. They, they, they're all about winning. They're all about making money. They're, they're sharks. They know what to do to win championships. I mean, they've just won one with the Rams. And I think Lori and A-Rod are starting to make those moves. I mean, they, they stole a top five executive from the Nuggets, something that Glenn has never been able to do, you know, get a top five executive here in his entire tenure owning this team. And I think going forward, that's going to play a huge role because Lori and A-Rod are going to start to make moves that put this team on par with what they need to do to win a championship. I mean, Sasha and Gupta had a great season, it seems like. He, you know, did what he needed to do after a tough situation with Gerson Rosas. And I think Glenn would have loved to sign him. He would have been way less expensive. He would have been a guy who's familiar with a program, familiar with Glenn, familiar with the team. But you can see how A-Rod and Lori understand that. They know, you know, Sasha's valuable and they want him on the team and they want him to be part of the front office. But they went out to get their own guy, a top five guy, a guy who can really make a difference in this franchise, who can strive for championships, who has a good history of drafting, who understands what it takes to be a top executive of the league. They didn't take a shot on David, you know, a David Kahn like guy. They didn't, you know, tell Chris Finch to go run everything like they did with Tom Thibodeau. They went out and got a top five front office player. And it provides them stability because he knows how to play the game. Connolly knows what he's doing. And he knows how to work with people. He knows how to build a championship caliber teams. You know, he hasn't won one yet, but I mean, the Nuggets have been way better than the Wolves have in recent history. He's had success drafting in the first and the second rounds. He knows what it takes to win. And I think that's going to be really important going forward. And I think that's what, you know, gives me a lot of hope going forward is knowing that Mark and Alex care a ton about this franchise. And, you know, we'll get to the conversations down the road into future podcasts about, are they going to move the team? Are they going to want a new arena and all that stuff? And, you know, the answer might be yes. It could, you know, this team could be gone in five years. We don't know. But in the meantime, they're going to push to win. They have a young star in Edwards. They see that. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who's, you know, a top three center in the NBA. They have a young talent like McDaniels. You got your draft picks the next couple of years. You got, you know, now you have a front office who's one of the best in the league. I mean, making hires not only of Tim Connolly, but other assistants taking guys from the Grizzlies and kind of, you know, trying to build out this front office that can compete with the front offices of Golden State, compete with the front offices of Toronto, of Boston, of Milwaukee, of these top, you know, tier teams that have drafted so well, that have been able to sign free agents, that have gone on to win championships and make the finals. And I think this stability is really going to benefit, especially a guy like Cat, who's had no stability his entire career. I mean, coach after coach, executive after executive, teammate after teammate he's just gone and cycled through people and he finally has some stability with people with the right people in charge and I think that's going to bring him a lot of comfort and I think it's going to bring Ant a lot of comfort too as Ant starts to blossom into this star he can kind of take pride in knowing that hey this organization is doing well they're doing what they can to help me win they're doing what they can to help the team win and you know that's going to provide some comfort to a young star who, especially as he's looking, you know, towards his next contract in the next couple of years, is going to know this. They're going to take care of me, you know. And I think that's the real difference between this offseason and past offseason. We've had the Jimmy Butler offseason, lots of offseasons with hope, but this time it feels sustained and it feels like it can be a real difference, a real difference maker, and that is the front office having stability. Finally, 
We'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Sports Roundup podcast. Today we're talking about what is next for the Timberwolves. So we just finished up talking about the front office and about the stability, and we talked a little bit about how Ant's going to benefit a lot. So let's talk a little bit more about Anthony Edwards. This season was so refreshing to watch as a Wolves fan. I mean, for the first time since Kevin Garnett left, this team finally has someone who has an alpha personality. And I understand Cat's a super, you know, a star player. He's an all-star. He's an all-NBA caliber player. But he frustrates us. You know, he has inconsistent games, he gets frustrated, he pouts, and he's still a great, great player, but Anthony Edwards just has a swagger about him, that KG swagger, you know, the swagger that Pat Bev kind of has, the swagger that Curry has, those kind of stars, LeBron, I mean, those kind of stars have this, this, this presence to them, that you watch them on the court and you just, you feel confident in them. I think, you know, for us Wolves fans, we've had so many years where you're watching them on the court and it's blown lead after blown lead. Where they start off four and zero, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this could be the year." And next thing you know, they're four and twelve. You know, they you, they take a high draft pick, they trade for Jimmy Butler. You're like, "Oh, we got Justin Patton too." And next thing you know, Butler's in Philly, Patton's not playing you know basketball anymore. And then Lori Markin, the guy who was supposed to be your pick that you traded to Chicago, is now putting up 15 points a game for the Bulls. You know, you watch executives get fired for the season there's just been a lot of instability and this kind of fear among Wolves fans and it's rightfully so I mean it's been a rough 20 years to be a Wolves fan really since the 0304 run you know you're watching your star player leave to coaches to number one picks to blown draft picks and finally you have a guy the same stuff happened right when he was drafting him does he love basketball they should have taken a mellow ball they should have done this they should have done that and he just Ant shuts up the haters he doesn't listen to the outside noise. He knows he's great. He has that confidence about him that makes him such a you know fun player to watch. I mean, watching the playoffs, he goes out there and he knew he could you know drop 35, 40 points, and we all knew it too. And just watching him be able to do it is great. And I think, and Ant has the ability to be an MVP caliber player one day if he keeps developing the right way. And I think the front office and the coaching staff they have in place can help him develop the right way. And the next step for Ant to do that is consistency. Ant's had a problem. You know, the last two, his last two years, you know, his first two years in the NBA of being consistent. Where he puts up 40-point games, he can play make, he has highlight dunks, he plays great defense. Especially this past year, he's played very great, you know, can even consistent defense. But offensive consistency has been a struggle for him. I mean, there's stretches where he'll score 12 points in two games. You know, he may drop 40, but then he'll, you know, he'll, he'll struggle and average 10 points a game over the next five games. I think if Ant can find that consistency, if he can, you know, keep working on that shot selection, getting that three that three ball down, knowing when to drive, and using his physicality. I mean, there are very few players in the NBA who can finish around the rim like Ant can. I mean, Kyrie Irving, John Morant, but there isn't really many other guys, and those two guys are superstars. I mean, Ant has the ability to get to the basket no matter where he's on the court. He has speed and explosiveness, like, as well good as any other player. And I think physically, he might be the closest comparison to LeBron that we have in the NBA. Now, obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as LeBron. He, you know, LeBron's a multi-time MVP, multi-time champion, one of the greatest players of all time. But he has that same build, that physical build. He has that confidence. He has the ability to get to the basket, to shoot the three ball, you know, to draw fouls. To, he plays great defense. I mean, 
I think that's one of the things that's been overlooked from the 2021-2022 season is how good of defense Anthony Edwards played. I mean, he said it himself that next year he's going to be an all-defensive player, and I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he's become a great you know wing defender. He's been able to guard point guards. He's you know he rebounds well. He boxes out. He can guard in the paint if needed. I mean, he's really taking the next step defensively, and if he can take that next step towards offensive consistency, I mean, the sky's the limit. All-Stars, All-NBA, MVP, Finals MVP. I mean, he could really be a superstar. And it's been the player that the Wolves have been looking for since Kevin Garnett. It's who he thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be. And, you know, congrats to Wiggins on winning a championship, but he still is not that player. You know, for a guy who was heralded as the next Michael Jordan, he really hasn't reached that potential. It's who he thought Cat could be, and Cat has all the physical talent in the world to do it, but he has this this mental block that he can't get over to make him that dominant player. But Ann has all the ingredients, right? He has the the physicality, he has the athleticism, he has the touch, he has the shooting ability, and he has the confidence and the mind for it. He just has to put all those ingredients together. And hopefully this coaching staff in this front office can lead him to that. And if they do, man, this is going to be a fun team to watch the next couple of years. And with that being said, I think the biggest question that I have this next season is what's going to happen with the leadership of this team. We all know that Pat Bev is the vocal leader of this team. It's pretty obvious, right, that Pat Bev is the one who's kind of behind the scenes keeping things together. He's the veteran. He's providing this confidence in his players, especially in Anim. You saw his confidence, the way he, he interacts with Pat Bev. I mean, guys like even Jaden McDaniels being a little more outspoken this year, kind of being more confident in his ability. I mean, I attribute that to Pat Bev. But at the end of the day, the leadership is going to be to the best player. It almost always is in the NBA. And this team for the last six, seven years has been Cat's team. But I'm starting to feel as though that may not be the case going forward. See, Ant has that confidence. He loves to be the star. And I think that's a good thing for the Wolves because I don't think this really should be Cat's team. You know, Cat is still a great talent. I mean, his ceiling's even higher than it is right now, and he can continue to be an all-star and an all-NBA player and be one of the best three centers in the league for years to come. But he doesn't necessarily have to be the vocal leader of the team. I mean, there's a lot of guys around this NBA. I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard, right? Kawhi is one of the best, you know, probably the best defender in the NBA. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but he's been just this quiet guy who goes about his business and does his thing. And I think Cat enjoys the spotlight, but I also think part of that for Cat is he's had to enjoy it right he's always been the guy that has to take the blame that has to take the credit because he was the team for so many years it was just cat you know it was cat and butler but then there's drama with butler it's cat and wiggins but then wiggins is getting you know ripped on for not performing his potential so cat's just kind of been the guy but now you have anthony edwards who wants to be the guy who can be the guy who has the right personality to be the guy and i think it might be good this next season to start to see the team shift from being viewed from an outside perspective as Cat's team to now being viewed from an outside perspective as Ant's team. The national media loves Ant. I mean, he's a character. He has great quotes. He, he eats McChickens after the game and Popeyes and has a flip phone. And he's just, he's an all-around character. And he's a guy that the national media is going to love. He's a guy that the local media loves. He's a guy that us fans love. And I think that he can be that face of the franchise while still allowing Cat to be an all-star, all-NBA type player. Because you need multiple of those guys to win championships. I mean, look at the Warriors. You have two of the best shooters of all time. You have Draymond Green, who's, you know, arguably, you know, still a top 50, top 25 even player in this league. You have guys like Gary Payton II, who's, you know, playing really, really well on defense. You have Jordan Poole, who's had a spectacular season. I mean, you have to have guys step up. And I think that Cat can still just be who he needs to be, but also take a step back from the spotlight. And I think that can be good for both Ant, for Cat, and for the whole team as a whole. 
The other young gun from that same draft is Jaden McDaniels. And McDaniels, he kind of took a step this year, but maybe not as big of a step as we all hoped. But I think the flashes he showed showed how dominant he can be. I mean, being 6'10", I mean, and arguably he may even be even taller than what he's listed at. He's quick. He can jump high. He can guard, you know, two through five. He, you know, is just a really athletic, explosive player. And I think if he can get his shooting down, I mean, being able to shoot from all around the arc, getting that mid-range down, he kind of has that Kevin Durant-like build where he can elevate over people. I mean, he's a great defender. He's great in transition. And being able to shoot more consistently and get that three-point percentage up from around the arc, I think he can turn into a really, really solid 3 and D player who has the ability to cut, to drive, and to draw fouls the way that, you know, a more traditional kind of power forward would. And if he can do that, man, the sky for him is also the limit. I mean, those two guys combined, Ant and Jaden McDaniels, can have a huge impact on where the future of this Wolves team goes. So the last thing I want to get into on this podcast is kind of talking about what is the bench going to look like. We spent a lot of time talking about the starting lineup, but the bench is going to play a huge role. As I think we all know, that's kind of how you have to have depth to win championships. I, well, the thing I'm looking forward to most is to see what does J-Mac, you know, Jordan McLaughlin, and what do Jalen Noel, what do they do next season? Because like I said, those are two guys who have shown a lot of flashes. I mean, J-Mac had some great games in the playoffs, especially when D'Lo was struggling. Jalen Noel, you know, every time he comes in the game, it feels like he's dropping, you know, every shot he shoots. But they're guys who haven't been able to put it together consistently. I mean, J-Mac's undersized. He's struggled on defense. He's, you know, struggled with shot making at times. Noel can just kind of disappear for quarters or games at a time. And if they can bring a sense of consistency and increase that point guard and shooting guard depth on this Wolves team, I think that'll be huge in the moving forward when guys like Ann are struggling, when guys like D'Lo are struggling, when Pat Bev is even, you know, you know, Pepe is getting older. He's going to be injured more when he's out for games and D'Lo struggling. Having a guy like J-Mac who can come in and make threes when he needs to, who can drive the hoop when he needs to, who can facilitate, having that kind of offensive consistency from both those guys is going to be key going forward. You know, we all know that both Josh Okogie and Jake Lehman are probably gone. And, you know, Jake Lehman, there's not much to say about. He gets MVP chance every time he touches the court, but he really hasn't done much here for the Wolves. I mean, great guy, but he really just hasn't provided much for this Wolves team. Josh Okogie, you know, surprisingly did a lot for the Wolves in his tenure. I mean, he kind of came out of Georgia Tech being a really actually an, an offensive first player. I mean, he scored 20-something points a game. He was a good shooter. He got to the basket, a high-flying dunker, and he has all the athleticism in the world. He just hasn't been able to put it together offensively in the NBA. And while he provides a spark on the defense, as the defense of this team gets better with guys like Ant, McDaniels, Pat Bev, I just don't see the need for him anymore. And I think with his salary where it's at, and taking the salary of those two guys off is going to give them about 8 or $9 million more in cap space this offseason. And that, along with the exceptions they already have, is going to give them space to sign a backup wing, a backup forward, or even a backup big that can give them some inside defense and help with the rebounding struggles they had this year. And our last topic of the day, talking about what is Pat Bev going to mean to this team going forward. I mean, Pat Bev has become the heart and the soul of this team, and he's become, honestly, the heart and the soul of the franchise. And I mean that as a whole. I mean, the front office, the fans even. I mean, for how long have us Wolves fans not been able to show our pride, right? I mean, blown leads, you know, horrible seasons, blown draft picks, bad hires. I mean, it's just been a comedy of errors, honestly. And I think there's a lot of times where us Wolves fans have been watching, but, you know, it's kind of the way that Dave Moore describes it. Um, he did a great job describing this one day where he, he was talking about on his Twitter and how Wolves fans never left. They've always been here. They've just been in hiding. 
because they've been ashamed to be Wolves fans. It's been hard to be a Wolves fan. It's been hard to watch this team. It's been hard to pay money when ticket prices are going up and the team's just losing more and more games. But Pat Bev kind of embraced that this season. You know, he he saw a chance to bring a fan base back, to bring a city back, to bring a team back to life. And he did that. He told Wolves fans it's okay to be proud of this team. It's okay to cheer. It's okay to buy tickets. This isn't the Wolves team of past. It's okay to be optimistic about what the future holds. It's okay to embrace your young stars because they're not going to disappoint you this season. And he kind of gave the team, I think, that same confidence. And he basically told the team, hey, like we we can do this. We can turn this thing around. It doesn't, this doesn't have to be the same old Wolves. This can be a new-look team. And we saw it in the play-in. I mean, I, I went in the play-in hoping they would win, but with no expectations, knowing this Wolves, you know, the Wolves' history, knowing that they would probably blow some lead. But Pat Bev didn't let him get there. And that's why you saw the excitement after that win. That's why you saw him and Ant jump on the table, because... You know, to him, it may have been personal, sticking it back to the Clippers. And the reason why the fans of Minnesota didn't say anything is because that's how we all felt. After 20 long years of struggles, of missed draft picks, and botched seasons, and botched hires, and, you know, disappointing years, years we thought were going to be great, and they just turned out to be rubbish. And Pat Bev kind of understood that frustration, and he told Wolves fans, it's okay. It's time to embrace this team. The future is not... And with the next number one overall pick, the future is now. And I think it's just such a fun time to be a Wolves fan because for the first time, like I said earlier, in a long time, we have something to be proud of. We have a team to be optimistic about. The culture is different. The front office is right. The team is right. They have the veteran leaders in place they need. They have the young talent. They got the draft picks right. And now it's just about taking the next step. And I think that's what this whole offseason is going to be about bringing in the right free agents, drafting the right guys, building the right camaraderie, finding the right leaders, and overall just starting to take that next step. I'm so excited for this offseason. I'm so excited for the 2022-2023 season. Man, this is going to be a fun ride for Wolves fans. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Thank you all for listening to the Minnesota Sports Roundup podcast. For more content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MN Sports Roundup. And check out our articles at mnsportsroundup.com. To keep up to date on our podcasts, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.